0: Welcome to the Transforming for the Future podcast series, where we discuss the pressing issues facing leaders today and how to shape the future of work so that your business and people thrive. I am your host for today, Jill Jacinto, Global Marketing Leader for Mercer's Industries. Today I'm joined by three Mercer colleagues, Mike Ponigal, head of our Mercer Auto Industry, Sherry Chernak, Senior Principal, Transformation, and Mike Sagel Partner, working with clients in the auto industry. Thank you for joining us, Sherry, Mike, and Mike. Let's just dive in. What is happening in the macro economy that is creating disruption in the market for tech talent? Mike Ponicle?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jill. Uh, It's really interesting what what a couple of years can do because a couple of years ago in the auto industry, they were fighting for tech talent. And now due to our inflation, interest rate increases, general cooling and general uncertainty in the economy, some of the funding that was available uh, to to the tech companies in particular has dried up a bit. And they seem to have overhired during the pandemic and are being forced to cut back uh, on staff and and in many cases postpone hiring. Well, that's led to uh, tech talent being available Uh, to the market in general, and it's an opportunity for maybe the first time in a long time for the auto industry to to really have an opportunity to hire the tech talent they need. There is a relatively high supply of tech talent now, and the engineering skills that will become increasingly valuable to the auto industry are are more prevalent in the talent marketplace. Uh, They have an opportunity to pursue this talent, but the challenge is still getting them in the door, and the biggest challenge is the retaining them.
2: Hmm.
0: That That's very interesting. So then as you think about this technology and engineering talent, how does it differ from the traditional talent within auto companies? Sherry?
3: Thanks, Jill. In addition to doing different types of work, this talent has historically been located in technology hubs that are far from the locations of automotive industry facilities in the Midwest and South, though remote work has scattered this talent quite a bit. Additionally, Technology and engineering talent have thrived in workforce cultures and operating environments that are very different from traditional automotive environments. They tend to be less hierarchical and more focused on innovation.
0: What types of skill sets are going to be critical to automotive companies in the future? What, what do you think about that, Mike Sagel?
2: Great question. Using our proprietary skills data, we're able to see some of the skills that have been in demand broadly and within automotive. The top relevant emerging skills in the last 12 months is system design and the top skill driving pay are problem solving and data analysis. Within the automotive industry, core technical and engineering skills are needed to innovate, design and deliver new technologies. These include automotive technology for autonomous and electric vehicles, programming, including machine learning, AI, C++, MATLAB, Java, Python, and others. Advanced electronics, including electronics slash robotics engineering, car connectivity, human machine interface, and infotainment related to communication interfaces and protocols and secure carware. High-end mechanical design requires cybersecurity best practices to spoof-proof vehicles and safeguard owner's information, requ- requiring skills related to vulnerability, scanning, and assessment. Well,
3: automotive- oh, sorry.
2: Oh, oh, Yes, go ahead, Jerry.
3: Automotive companies also will need transformative leadership skills. These skills will be pivotal in creating an environment that promotes innovation and attracts technical engineering and other scarce talent. When we think about transformative leadership skills, these include creativity, strategy setting, adaptability, talent development, influence, motivation, empathy, team building, risk management, simplification, communication, and charisma. Support functions, including HR and IT, also must evolve to support the shifts their companies will undergo and provide a different kind of business partnership throughout the transformation. So as you can see, this is a very different paradigm and a very different talent cohort relative to the talent automotive companies historically have recruited.
0: Wow, yes. It seems like the world of talent has dramatically changed in auto. And Mike Sagel, when you were going into all the different types of things it takes to build a car, it really almost sounded like a computer more than a car. Um, and with that in mind, how should automotive companies think about hiring and then retaining this type of talent?
3: Sherry? Need to Do some self-assessment and understand how well-suited their organizations are to bringing in this sort of talent today and in the near term. If they were to come into the companies as they exist today, the environment from the operating model work structure, culture and talent practices on the one hand, to the physical environment on the other hand, might not match the needs and wants of this talent. Many technology and engineering experts have become used to a great deal of flexibility during the pandemic. And there's been a push and pull within the tech sector around return to office and restoring some of the pre-COVID work practices. So understanding what this talent really wants is important. And then evaluating whether the current systems and structure will provide that, or whether companies either can create it fairly quickly, or whether they should look at alternative approaches to engaging this talent is critical as well.
2: Just to build upon that a bit, I would suggest adopting an almost business case like mentality for addressing this. Create a skills matrix and roadmap which identifies and prioritizes key skill sets. And the timeline against which they should be acquired, and then weigh the acquisition cost, talent, infrastructure, facilities, and culture against the benefits and longer-term technology imperatives and ambitions.
0: And that's that's very interesting. And and Sherry, I mean, I think you brought up a, a good point. You know, let's give the talent what it wants, but, but is that feasible and can we do it? Um, so that brings me to my next question. If automotive companies as they exist today, are not perfectly suited to technology talent, what are some alternative approaches to engaging this talent and doing the kind of work that has not traditionally been done within auto
1: facilities? There are several different models that we see in practice or that organizations can consider. Outsourcing, partnerships, joint ventures with uh, other companies and and technology companies specifically, incubation hubs where you create a company within a company, a company dedicated solely to the tech talent. Each of these models has advantages and disadvantages, and organizations need to consider a number of factors. How quickly they want to move, the setup time it takes to build something, and more importantly, to get things right. How successful they've been in integrating and engaging similar talent in the past. And how they wanna build internally from upskilling to rescaling, which is getting more and more popular as tech talent may not be as hard to get as it was in the past, but it's still difficult to retain. And upskilling and rescaling may be a, a, a positive way to take ex- an existing workforce and have them address some of the tech needs. We also see many companies taking multiple approaches. So for example, partnerships and joint ventures Side by side with strategic acquisitions and standing up small teams internally that operate very differently and independently from their traditional teams, at least for the time
2: being.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, really, really good points, Mike. And it makes me think you know what? Auto isn't alone. So, how app applicable are some of these trends to other industries? Sherry? Industries from
3: energy to manufacturing to financial services and others have coveted technology talent and at times have found it very hard to compete with organizations in the tech sector, culturally and sometimes financially. So this is a great opportunity to look at the kinds of talent that will be necessary to succeed in. Just to name a few examples, renewables, advanced manufacturing, designing and deploying complex fintech products, and other future focused subsectors within industries that have found the playing field for tech and engineering talent unfavorable in the past.
2: Other industries have been faced with similar cultural challenges as those faced by the automotive industry. As an example, financial services struggled to keep up with disruptive fintechs and had to make adjustments to their talent acquisition and retention practices. Often this meant new operating models, compensation approaches, and work practices. Even within banks, they're become mm-hmm dual track pools of technology, talent, and capabilities. One focused on running and maintaining the bank and the other focused on innovation and building the bank of the future.
0: Mm, Really interesting. So what can automotive and other similar organizations start doing today? If they want to think about talent transformation and then bringing in the kind of talent that will help them deliver the future.
3: To get started, automotive leaders need to consider the right strategy and partnership model for their organization. They also need to think through the people implications for the models they are considering in partnership with their CHROs or chief people officers. Uh, Looking at existing culture, talent practices, capabilities of the HR team, as well as journeys that similar talent has had in the past coming into, moving through, and perhaps leaving the company can help organizations understand how prepared they are for this kind of shift and identify the changes they need to make or the steps they need to take to work outside of the existing organizational constraints. Once organizations have selected a business model, they need to think through the people strategy, operating model, organizational structure, culture, and talent programs they need to make the new model successful. They also may need to evaluate, redesign, and reroute work so the organization is functioning efficiently and effectively, and people can maximize their contributions. This is not a small task by any means. It's really an all-hands-on-deck approach from automotive companies that requires collaboration from their executive leadership, starting with their CEO and even with agreement from the
1: board, as well as their business and operations functions and HR. And I would just add one last point there. It, it's so interesting to look at the different at, at the autos, the OEMs, and the suppliers, and what's happening within the HR functions. Because for the first time in their history, the HR function has has become critical to the operation of these autos. Uh, historically, it was just a matter of you know finding the labor, dealing with union negotiations. It's way more complex now, and HR clearly has a very very strong seat in the C-suite now that they never had before.
0: Uh, This has been such an insightful and inspiring conversation to just see the trajectory of what auto is doing now and where the industry is going and to all of your points, where talent really needs to shift. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective today, Sherry, Mike Sagal, and Mike Ponicle. You've given us a lot to think about. If you would like to learn more, visit mercer.com to read our latest research, Shifting Gears, How Talent Demand is Transforming the Automotive Industry. Subscribe to our channel to listen to our upcoming episodes, where we'll be sharing new content and more conversations about how we are transforming the future of work. Thank you for listening.